Hi, hello, whatever. Listen, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a short episode, so who cares? Hi, I'm Edwin. That's Dorian. Hey, how are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing, Edwin? Oh. Are you uh, recovering from the big Texas trip? Um, I, I don't like that you call it the Texas trip, implying that, like, I went somewhere. Like, people... You, did, you were out. You were, you were out and about and doing shit. Yeah, but that's like saying, like, hey, how did you enjoy your trip to your house? It's like, well, I walked from one room to the other. I don't know if I'd call that a trip. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Because, you know, like, I, I am in Texas. I mean, I, I, I do be in the Yeehaw. And, you know, like, I was just around Yeehaw. Like, not not even, just, just Houston. So... I'm tired. I'm tired. Um, it doesn't really help that, like, this is going to be my most productive episode because while we're recording, I am going to do some hacking stuff with my Switch. I'm going to pay my property taxes that for some reason showed up two months late. And uh, if I get done with that, I might play a little bit of Tetris Effect. Um, and for some reason, I thought it'd be best to dig out my wife's Switch uh, because my plans are to play Links to the Past, a game that notoriously I have tried playing so many times across a whole bunch of different devices that now I'm going to try and commit. I'm going to, I have it on my OLED Switch. I have my wife's Switch Lite. The idea being if I want to play it on my TV, it's there. If I want to move over my save and play it on the Switch Lite, I can do that. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's just a lot of stuff stuff that i'm trying to do it all sounds more important than this episode so fantastic i mean paying the property taxes yes absolutely infinitely there's no reason yeah you you definitely you definitely got to do that that's Mm -hmm. that's i mean there's only so much i can do with a gun i don't know if you know being able to fight the government is you know at least as one person you know maybe it was a group of us which uh i'm saying as a joke um this is a uh the poor attempt at comedy podcast fbi i swear that i'm not going to shoot the tax man i let's not talk about what i want to do but like i just i swear i'm not gonna do it there we go you know what i'm gonna gonna take this in a different direction as well for bitching so i know you're gonna talk about metroid prime remastered right you're gonna do that no it's on my list it's definitely there Never mind. I'll, I'll save my bitching for that then. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not going to bring that up just yet. But uh, okay, so I guess speaking we'll of list time, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. I forgot. That's why. No, I didn't. I didn't forget. That's just something I say to fill in space. Can you feel the void coming in and closing in on you? I know I can. Uh, okay, Sense Eight Season Two, Skyward Sword, Narcos Mexico Season Two, and Collateral. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just nothing else. Go ahead. Voted list, if I do say so myself. Uh, (laughs) All right. I've got uh, Hogwarts Legacy, Devil May Cry 4, WarioWare, Get It Together, Ghostwire Tokyo, The Callisto Protocol, Metroid Prime Remastered, What We Do in the Shadows, Autumn Sonata, Titanic, Antiviral, and Cocaine Bear. You're saying that I got to go to the list here while you got Cocaine Bear and Titanic? Like, I, like you've got the best back-to-back right there. What's wrong with you? Yeah, it's, those are two pretty solid damn movies right there. But, uh, you know, the rest is just stinky video games, so we don't care about those. I mean, I, I don't know, man, because, like, I'm about, to, I'm about to talk my shit with Skyward Sword. Like, not not right now, but, you know. Uh, you know fuck it. I'm just going to I'm gonna go ahead and step forward first. Narcos Mexico Season 2. I watched one episode. 
that's it. I, that, that, I, I want that silence to sit for a little bit. <laughs> Would you like to say anything? Uh, no, no, I have no comments. Uh, I hope that one episode was at least memorable. No. <laughs> okay, well, fantastic. <laughs> I have nothing. I almost don't even want to give it the time. You know, it's not a time staff. This is going to be part of the intro now. <laughs> Oh man, fuck. That's uh, that's good. All right, all right. Um, am I? I'm just, hold on. I'm just. I might be missing something off my list, but I'm. But maybe I got to it last week. Let me just double check quickly. I want to make sure. Okay, no, no. I did talk about time bandits. That was just on the cutoff. Okay, we're good. Uh, okay. Let's start with Hogwarts Legacy, the big, the big culture war game. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um yeah so so look i've uh, i finished it it's done it's dusted it's it's good it's 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 in the books it's sealed so trans people did you avada kedavra and if it's less than 10 you didn't play the game right oh, man unfortunately there was only one trans person in the entire game so i couldn't you, you played it wrong go back yeah i know right i need to find more look <laughs> it's um i i i i've i've come off the honeymoon period uh, more and more since I finished this game, uh, I still think it's a very good game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's but it's it's an open world game, and there's a thousand of them. It's so if you like the Harry Potter world, you'll get more mileage out of this one. I think the opening ten hours is exceptional of exploring the castle and finding all the secrets and kind of just living in that moment is great. But once you leave the castle and get into the actual open world itself, everything just kind of starts to go downhill from there. Um, the story itself is just bland. Your protagonist is bland. There's one really good character and story arc in this and it's like sebastian who's like your friend in the game you kind of got his side story relationship quest story thing and that's really good like i liked his story all the way through uh but that's it like it's that that's better than the main quest itself which is kind of a problem i think um don't forget to mention the most important thing which is that jim ryan himself played that side quest and said ah yes perfect i'll hand you a million dollars if you thumb your face into phil spencer's face Oh yeah, that wasn't that. So that wasn't the side quest I was talking about. But that side. Oh, that quest, isn't what. No, no. So, the, the, so Sebastian has this whole relationship side quest thing that's like completely different. It's like a group of side quests. It's kind of like you know how in uh, Ghost of Tsushima you have those those side quests for those characters you kind of go through, like for mm-hmm. each individual character. It's kind of like that. Not as good. Not as good, but kind of like that. Um, and uh, Sebastian's is one you do. And Sebastian's is actually good. That's like the best part of the game. But in terms of just actual side quests, no, there is like one side quest that's like a Sony exclusive one. Um, and it's like laughably higher quality than any other side quest in the game. So it, it is funny that uh, they paid exclusive for it. Like, I mean, they did get their money's worth because that's a really good quest. Um, but yeah, no, the, the rest of the game itself is good. I really liked it. I had a good time with it. But if you're just, you know, it's it's open world. Anyone who's trying to say this, this is better than any other open world game unless you're a Harry Potter fan. I don't get it because it's just another open world game with more checkboxes to do. I um, mean, you're fooled a bit at the beginning with the castle thinking it'll be something different, but it's really not at the end of the day. So yeah, that's all I have to say about it. All right. Uh, I am now quickly coming to the consensus that I will only be playing this game at the $20 price point or if someone lets me borrow it. I don't know. I I had intentions of watching a Harry Potter or two to see where I stood, but I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not feeling it. There's nothing really about Harry Potter that's calling to me right now. I I feel like I'm sick of it, and it's not even because of the trans thing. It's because I have beef with J.K. Rowling when I cared about the universe. Just someone really needed to slap her a while back. 
that I know I have a lot of people probably that agree with me now. Like, yeah, someone should have slapped her. Like, no, 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 no. We should have slapped her before she just got even worse. Um, hey, did you know Dumbledore's gay? God, I don't want to hear about the fucking wizards who shit themselves, okay? I don't need to hear about the fact that Hermione, easily the brightest witch of her age, got married to Ron and is on the verge of divorce, okay? I don't want to hear about any of this shit, okay? Just, ugh. Okay, I'm losing myself again. Anyways, $20. $20. And uh, then we will reevaluate, because here's the thing. When a game hits $20, that comes to the point of, hmm, do I actually care? And then if I say no, it drops down to the $10 price point. Once we hit the $10, that's when I have to admit to myself, am I actually ever going to play this or not? Because there are some games that I've seen for $10, and I just go... Yeah, no, no, there's, there's, there's no chance I play that. So yeah, it's, it, we'll see if it is actually over for, um, for Harry Potter or not. Which again shouldn't have been a fucking universe. Goddamn it! It should have never been a universe. It's called Harry Potter. None of this Wizarding World bullshit. Just stop trying to relabel it. It is Harry Potter. Happy. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I would be stunned when you get to, if you get to this game and if you play it, I, I just would be stunned if you walk away super positive on it but i don't know maybe you'll be more in a mood for this type of bullshit whenever you get to that in 10 years uh seven 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 ish seven point five out of ten somewhere in there it's banger, you, but you've got a whole bunch here yeah so I'm gonna, go yeah we're, we're dorian houring here Woo! an hour because i don't have that much but you know what i mean uh, okay don't make cry four so i wanted something a little bit more like paste and action after that open worldness so i was like hey let's do dmc4 uh, i obviously over the last year have been knocking out the dmc game slowly devil may cry 1 devil may cry 2 devil may cry 3 and now we are on devil may cry 4 uh hey you know what great time with this one Re- really solid game uh it definitely has its issues uh it's it's confused on what it wants to be and that makes sense looking into this game with all the development hell it went through um it was very a very fucked up development uh the game stars nero and dante's in it but not in it that much and i guess like halfway through they're like oh shit people want dante or capcom was like oh shit put the fuck put would put dante in there so they kind of have this like entire second half of the game where you're literally just going through the same areas you went through but as dante which was like oh okay there's is kind of stupid um but i mean hey it's it, it's fun it, like especially the nero stuff the boss fights are still really good it's love and cry the music slaps the opening of this game the opening of this game is so fucking good with the music and how it starts um it punches above its weight and unfortunately nothing matches that opening uh but it's still a fun game still a good time uh it's in terms of it's i think i might even like it a little bit less than devil may cry one just because devil may cry one is like the one that started it and it's so cheesy and i had so much fun with it uh so i'd probably rank this like third in the devil may cry games uh definitely behind three which has been the best so far but uh yeah it was fun i liked it all right uh i i've only played five am i ever gonna go back uh many people would say it is worthwhile to go back I don't know, man. I'll I'll see. I don't. I don't. I think I might own the trilogy on PS3 through like some weird humble bundle that happened a long time ago. I don't think I have four. <sighs> Who knows, man? That's a long timeline to get there. Um, is there anything else? No, that's that's about it. The the DMC. Who knows? Out of ten. Perfect. Sorry, just give me one second. I'm just answering a text. 
That is fine. I am over here trying to put my hacked switch into RCM. What does that mean? Look, man, just uh, switch.homebrew.guide if you want more information on that. Anyways, I have a feeling I wasn't doing this right. Uh, cool. All right. So there moving we on. Uh, it's like a seven out of ten. Uh, WarioWare, get it together. Uh, this is the newest entry in the WarioWare series. So I've been trying to be more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tolerant. Uh, tolerant feels like yeah, the right word. We'll, we'll say tolerant of Nintendo lately. Um, and this was the first of the Olive Branches. Next is Metroid Prime Remastered, which we'll talk about that later. Um. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so WarioWare get it together. Uh, hey, you know what? Solid game. It's fun. Definitely overpriced for what it is. I paid like fifty bucks for it. It's not worth fifty bucks. I don't think I'll keep it in my collection. Honestly, I'll probably just sell it. Um, but it, it was fun. I had fun with it. You know, it's WarioWare. It's a good time. You know what you're getting into. Just a bunch of crazy little mini games. Uh, you know, a little bit of a wacky story in there. Nothing to write home about. But uh, it's exactly what you'd expect. So it, it's fun. Uh, it's just very overpriced uh for what you're getting out that you know and there is some stuff after like the main campaign is done to play like there's like a daily challenge mode stuff like that i don't usually go back to that kind of stuff though so you know paying 50 bucks for like three hours four ah, four hours of uh content just uh just isn't gonna cut it for me and unfortunately it's nintendo so stuff just never goes on sale but for what is there is that you can sell that back that's exactly no no exactly you can sell it and make everything back on it so that, that is the one nice thing about uh specifically first party nintendo games but most nintendo games to be honest with you even third party but uh yeah no good time with it definitely fun definitely worth playing if you like warrior warrior and you're into that sort of thing but uh it is what it is and i honestly got nothing else to say on that so 6.5 all right um you know i'm going to my only experience with uh warrior is something that I'm pretty sure a majority of people cannot say because I'm limiting this statement to like maybe about 14 million people. And within that 14 million people, I really doubt any of them would be able to say what I'm about to say. My first one was Game and Wario on Wii U. Why did I say 14 million? That's why the Wii U. Uh, it was fun. It was it was a nice little offbeat party game. That game is very rare now. So, uh, you know, if for some reason my best friend is ever getting rid of it, you know, I'm just going to just going to snake it away from him and just put it in my collection because that's I like rarity. I like it. Uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know, man. I completely missed the boat on this one. I don't know if I'll ever try and jump on. So uh, my apologies to Wario. Uh, my score is going to be uh, I would pick Waluigi in Mario Party 3 out of 10. Well, we do the go, man, for sure. Look, uh, actually, you know what? Fine. This is this is going to be a section. This is going to be a moment for me to be able to add something stupid here, because I don't know how much I'll be able to add for the majority of this episode. Anyways, I remember as a child, right? I would usually pick Yoshi, I think. And one time when I wasn't playing Mario Party, my brother was playing Mario Party. Keep in mind, like I'm four, five, six, something around there. Um, the CPU for Yoshi just absolutely fucking ruins my brother, 
right? And I don't even remember what it was. All I know is that from that moment, I was like, I don't like Yoshi. He's an asshole. And so then I became a Waluigi main. I, I, I appreciate that, man. There needs to be more Waluigi mains out there. There, there really does. What I, and I know, I, I know Waluigi, your whole thing about Waluigi can never get his own game. But I can dream. Yeah, but that's, the, that's the way it should be. Like, Waluigi, dream. when he gets his own game, becomes Luigi. Like, you Just, can't do that. Just throw a fifty million dollar budget. <laughs> Just a fifty million. Just a fifty million. RPG. Oh. Okay, hold on. I would a Waluigi RPG where the way you win is um like by losing every turn based. Like I would actually that'd be hilarious. Like that feels like that'd be perfectly Waluigi. Well, I feel like they could do something like uh, I don't think you you haven't played Undertale, right? Uh, I mean, I know of it. I know that you know you don't really have fights like yeah you could you could do something crazy with that with wall waging just kind of make it that style like you're not actually fighting you're just like fucking around and losing every time i don't know there'd be a way to make it work and i think it would be great but uh yeah shout out wall luigi um wario wear should really be wario and uh wall luigi wear they should they should incorporate him but uh, yeah it's all just still i just still like the idea of you know like just we can't let him win. Even when this man gets his own video game, he still can't win in his own game. And like that, that I feel like that's that's perfect to Waluigi. Like that would work for me. Um, anyways, I am done with my hacked switch. We are all good there. Uh, you know what? I I'm gonna take this chance now and and bring up the video game that I was playing on here, The Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword HD. Um, all right, I'm done. I actually finished it. It, uh, it, it took me a while. I was about 37, 38 hours in. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get this out of the way because this is going to be my most major bitch about just the entire game. Uh, there's a, if, if anyone's played this game, you know what I'm about to say and you're going to feel it in your soul. Uh, there's a boss called the Imprisoned. And, you know, the first few times, no, 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 not even the first few times, the first time, maybe the second time you beat him. It's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And then they make you fight him a third time. And it's one of the most fucking annoying things that I've ever experienced in any video game. And I fucking hate this boss. He shows up three times in the entire game and progressively just gets more annoying and he never gets more fun and i just hate this bastard i I've, if i could just delete him i would have an overall higher opinion of the entire game uh i guess let's go ahead and get this bitching out of the way uh it took me a while to figure out that if you parry with your shield by the way, uh, Addy, you're going to love this because this is I'm going to tell you this and you're going to feel so warm and fuzzy on the inside. The shields can break in this game, except the Hylian, the Hylian shield. Uh, all the others, once I realized that they break, I stopped using a shield. Now, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that you're smiling to yourself like, hey, hey, this man, destructible shields, how does it feel now? Doesn't it piss you off? And, you know, the answer is yes. But, you know, like, I'm going to I'm going to pivot. So I'm, I'm just going to talk about this game in general now that I'm just going to go ahead and say I I really like this game. I you know, no, no, I love this game. I love this game because if I can say that I love Wind Waker and Wind Waker is my least favorite Zelda game, 
then yes, I love Skyward Sword because I put Skyward Sword just a little bit above it. I'll explain how I got to that consensus. But uh, Skyward Sword, um, what was I going to say? Oh, the shields. Uh, So because the shields break, I just stopped using them. And now here's something that I started realizing that it feels like this game and Wind Waker shake hands with, which is that both of these links are probably the most... They're probably the links with the biggest personality. So I have all of my Link Amiibos right next to me because they make me happy while I'm working. There's a Link's Awakening Amiibo behind me, but honestly, I have him. Haven't played it yet. Give me a second. I'll get there. Uh, But so Young Link, Ocarina of Time Link, Majora's Mask Link, Wind Waker Link, Twilight Princess Link, Skyward Sword Link, and then Breath of the Wild Link. I would say that Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild are probably the links with the least amount of personality. Uh, Ocarina of Time Link, he just is kind of like, he, he's he's Link, you know? He, he's brave, he gets shit done, he doesn't really get shocked or anything, he, he's a person, okay. Breath of the Wild Link... Um, I, he's an awkward little doofus that everyone's speaking around him and he just kind of smiles and he does his job. That's, that's it. Like he doesn't really have personality. Twilight princess link is just Ocarina of time link, but you know, a little edgier and just kind of like more secure about what he's doing, which only leaves Majora's mass link, wind waker link and skyward sword link. So Majora's mass link. Kid is depressed, man. That that this 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 boy has a lot of trouble. He's got anxiety. Like I I love him, but like he doesn't really express that. It's more of just like when you read into like everything that you do in that game. It's like yeah, the, I can kind of see it. But Wind Waker Link and Skyward Sword Link, these two links have the most personality. Wind Waker Link is like he can be a little shit, but he can also have a little bit of fun. He's almost impish in the way that he is in his personality, and I fucking love him for it. The reason I bring this up is that, you know, the Links, even though they have no voice, they have personality. Now, Skyward Sword Link, something about the shields breaking made me put a personality onto him of just a complete devoted idiot and i love him so the shields breaking meant that i just did not use a shield for a majority of this game so i would just run at things with my sword and of course motion controlled so one this man's not using a shield honestly if i could have made him naked like in breath of the wild where you just like take off his clothes and he's just running around in his underwear i would have done that 1000 percent. because like my skyward sword link is such an idiot one of my favorite things is that when you're flying on the loft wing you can fly low enough to an island and link will like jump down and like he'll float down to the ground what i do is that i fly so low to the ground we're talking like a foot off the ground and then i'll make link jump and then he just face plants to the ground and it's one of my favorite things ever because it's like one of those little expressive things that i can do to make him sim- seem even more like an idiot that i'm projecting onto him and it's one of, it's just one of my favorite things this man is just running around no shield sword fighting everything this man is bowling bombs he's 
shooting bombs like after a basketball. Like he's such an idiot. I love him. And every single cutscene, like the the graphic style being somewhere between Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, where it's like it's a little cartoony, but it's not like completely adult like Twilight Princess is. Like he looks a little doofy too. I mean, even Zelda looks a little doofy. And even then, like their designs are kind of like you know like how whenever you have a main character it looks like all the attention is given to them and then all the other npcs are just like "Ooh, you look a little rough yeah they all look a little rough but then link and zelda they they got a little jank to them and i kind of love them because it gives them a little personality so we have a little bit of jankness we have him looking a little doofy this man is an idiot falling off of his bird and he's has the same janky motion that my hand has whenever i'm swinging a sword i this man's an idiot i love him i love him so much um, okay, that's that's Link. Uh, I talked about the shitty boss fight. Um, I guess Skyward Sword overall, control-wise, it feels like every single time that it works, it just, oh, it brings me so much joy. The sword fighting, once you figure out what you're supposed to do, just feels so good. And so I was thinking, before the session that I had yesterday, I was like, eh, Skyward Sword probably going to end up being my least favorite Zelda, but I know I still had a damn good time with it. But the reason that it jumped Wind Waker at least is that the final two boss fights are so fucking balls to the wall ridiculous going hard in the motion control swinging that like it, it like i'm so glad that the motion controls like i goes very good at making sure that my, my remote was synced very often so i didn't have any jankness and as soon as i had my controls down dude the final two boss fights fuck so hard from a presentation level the music the actual gameplay of them it feels nice to actually have a boss fight in zelda that doesn't usually come down to use this item on the glowy bit and then sword fight like it's sword fighting it's sword fighting i Okay, so the final boss in the game is Demise, which is supposed to be, like, the evil spirit of Ganon. Anyways, look, it's the story of Skyward Sword doesn't really matter. There are people in the sky, then they came to the ground. That's it. Anyways, the real fun part is that... So I finally had the Hillian Shield, because uh, you have to do a boss rush. Which, by the way, the bosses in this game are fucking awesome, because the sword fighting in this game, once it works, is awesome. Anyways, what I loved about the ending is that I had the Hillian shield and I am perfect parrying the fuck out of Demise. This man has a big ass evil master sword that uh, if you've ever seen the uh, supremely effeminate villain of Skyward Sword, Girahim, Girahim is his sword. I, I think I, I don't really understand. Demise pulled a sword out of his chest and that's where he got the sword. Blech. Anyways, Pairing that fucking gigantic sword with the Hillian shield was so fucking awesome. And I love that, like, the game would punish you if you just started flailing your sword at him. It made you actually think about the combat and, oh my god, it's fucking awesome. I love it. I love it. I wish I had another game that had sword fighting to its core like this. Now, the dungeons. I will talk about the dungeons. Again, it is so nice that 
because motion controls were thought of so hard when it comes to the items that the items probably had the least amount of jank with the motion controls and it works because most of the time these puzzles in the game use the items very well now here's where i had to complain because there are so many things in the motion controls that work so well and then there's so many things where it's like why would you do this one of them is stabbing Again, I bitched about this before. You move the joystick forward. But the problem is, is that if you are moving the joystick forward, sorry, not the joystick forward, the Joy-Con. If you move the Joy-Con, like literally in a stabbing motion, you have to be so precise with it because what would happen most of the time is that if you move the right Joy-Con, which is your sword, right Joy-Con forward, that creates a stabbing motion. You have to pretty much do this very precisely with just your right hand and not how you would want to. Like, if you had a sword, you're jamming that shit forward and it feels good. But no, you have to move this shit very lightly because what would happen with me is that I would still have my left hand. I'm jolting this shit forward. My Joy-Cons would read that I'm pushing both of them forward, which would make Link do a front flip with the sword. Now, this wouldn't be a problem, except there are actual actions in the game that require you to stab to kill an enemy. And it hurts so much when you're like, ah, I did the right thing. And then you stab forward and it just doesn't fucking register. Like the stabbing motion is the one thing where it's like, I'm pulling that shit off 50% of the time. Everything else, a diagonal, horizontal, vertical, the spin attack, I can do this shit pretty much on command, but the stabbing is the only one where, like, I want to do this naturally, and I can't. The other thing, the swimming being motion-controlled is so mind-numbingly stupid, it pisses me off. And then the fact that, like, the... the I, actually, you know what, no, I'm not gonna... You have to shake to spin, which, honestly, that isn't too bad. That one doesn't bother me that much. Um... So, but just the swing, motion controlled, fucking annoying. Uh, I have to accept that the resync issue is because there is no sensor bar, so like it needs to reorient what's the front. Which honestly, that's okay. That's I'd actually think I prefer this over the Wii method, just because I'd rather be able to resync what front is wherever I am instead of using a hard fixed point in front of the living room. Because uh, sometimes I'm sitting on the side couch. This is per- preferable. Um, is there anything else? The dungeons. The dungeons are awesome. They still have the regular formula of, you know, once you find the item, that tends to open things up. It feels great. The boss fights using part of the item and then still using the motion control. It's fucking great. There is one boss fight that you basically have to whip his arms off and then use the motion controls to swipe at his chest from a certain direction. Even when you cut off his arms, you're supposed to take one of his swords and beat him to death with one one of his own swords it's fucking awesome i love ah but again every single time that like something in the controls would piss me off it's like well you you could have cut this out like most of the motion control issues like you could have just cut this out the bird the the bird flying i'm just glad there wasn't a big combat section with it because that would have been a huge issue but at least with the way that i played it the flying segments i eventually understood it thank god because i would have been pissed any other way uh overall skyward sword that was actually really fun and it just 
genuinely makes me sad that there probably is no better game attached to a sword fighting simulator. Because, like, besides this, it's like, what, Nintendo Switch Sports and their sword fighting online? Which, by the way, fucking fun as hell. Nothing tilts me more than playing online with those sword fighting. Um, but, yeah, no, this... this it, Imagine this. Well, I mean, uh, I'm not going to say it to you because I know you would love it. Imagine if... Actually, no, no, there's no way for me to say it without making you super happy. So I'm just going to say it. Imagine if Breath of the Wild, no one liked it and you were the only person that liked it. And then you knew that they were never coming back to this formula again. Skyward Sword makes me that kind of sad because... I want another sword fighting game that like that's the thing the sword fighting is so additive to like the Zelda formula already that's just like damn it man I want another game that can give me sword fighting like this and honestly by the time I was done with this game I, I kind of if there's a sword fighting game on PSVR 2, man, I that might make me get a that might get me a PSVR 2 because like I'm itching for something like this. So yeah, no Skyward Sword. It is my second least favorite Zelda, but I still fucking love it. And with that, that is it. I'm done with 3D Zeldas. That that's it. I. Uh, now that I'm done, first off, I'm sad as fuck because I, I'm done. I have 2D Zeldas. I don't know how I'm going to take to them. I've tried Link to the Past so many times. I, I have the Switch Lite for Link to the Past. I've got the OLED Switch in the living room for Link to the Past. I bought a fucking SNES controller for Switch. Like, one of the official ones, not like an 8-bit, though. I bought an official SNES controller so I could just be like, look, if I put down money on this, is this going to make me keep playing? So, yeah, I'm I'm honestly terrified now that I'm done with 3D Zelda that I'm going to go to 2D Zelda and get filtered. And that's the thing, man. I'm going to try. Like, I'm going to try Link to the Past. I'm going to try Minish Cap. I'm going to try Link Between Worlds. I'm going to try Link's Awakening. Like, I need more Zelda, which is insane to me. Because, like, I put four hours into Majora's Mask to beat it. I just put in 38 hours into Skyward Sword. And I still want more Zelda. So, yeah, I'm I'm terrified. Uh, Skyward Sword... Ah, it was way better than I was expecting out of 10. Uh, hello? This is on? Yep. Yeah, great. Yep. Uh, 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 Wind Waker better, motion control suck out of 10. That, that's all I got. By the way, you want to know what's the big deciding factor about this? I was thinking that, like, between what is more annoying to me, because, like, that's the thing. That's the only way that I can... Okay, so excluding Skyward Sword and Wind Waker, all the other Zelda games are measured on how much did I enjoy this more. Wind Waker and Skyward Sword are the only ones that have annoyed me in a Zelda game, which is fucking insane to me. Or maybe, you know, hindsight. Hindsight what annoyed me wind waker that triforce quest even on wii u, wii u version fixed and wii u version fixed and wii no version. it's not it's not fixed wii u version it's not fixed. dude i i never played the gamecube version but it still has the wii same issue where like instead of like 22 triforce shards now it's eight and it's like dude 
it's a triforce. It's a triangle. You could have just done three. It's fun. It's fun to it's be fun. right there. I'm just like, we're it's ready to go to Hyrule it's and finish the game. And now we're going to fucking have to travel all across the world to grab just a couple of pieces. No, it's Dude, here's the thing. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I'm curious. The motion controls. Is it because you don't want to move around? Or like, is it because motion controls have never made a video game good? Ever okay, in the, history, okay. I, I, I'm trying to ask questions. God damn it! I'm, I, I, I realize you're doing a bit now. No, no, this isn't a bit. That's actually my answer. I truly believe motion controls have never enhanced a video game ever. Wait, hold on, hold on. So, like, you've never? Uh, no, of course you haven't. You've never done gyro aiming, have you? I mean, I've tried it. Uh, have I ever stuck with it through an entire game? Hell no. Really, dude, I'm I am fucking killing it out here with gyro aiming. Like it is actually kind of. And I'll, I'll say one thing, like the only exception I'll give it, and even this is like kind of like, uh, okay, but in RE7, Resident Evil 7 for VR, using my head to be able to aim and then like the controller, like still using the controller, but like the head kind of using the aiming reticle, I found that to work. That ended up working for me by the end of the game. But just like waving my arm around like a fucking moron, the thing is, I think it theoretically could work, but the fucking Wii sensor bar is not going to be the system to make that work. It, it's just not, it's not accurate enough. For me, I, I don't know. I will say, like, so that's the thing. Like, um, I, I, <laughs> I don't remember buttons because you know, uh, Sony Pony, um, Square. You you point <laughs> forward with Square, and then that resyncs the controller. I honestly don't know how it unsyncs itself. I don't know. I'm not worried about that. But once you are synced and you are swinging this sword, it feels so fucking good. Like, there's a boss fight, right, where you're fighting this uh, gigantic tentacle monster. Uh, whoops, whatever, like, whatever. It's very cartoony, shut up. Uh, so you have something called a Skyward Strike, where you hold up your sword, it charges up, and then it gives you an energy burst when you swing. And it is so fucking fun just like it, it's stupid because it can't read it properly sometimes like it'll be hilarious because like you see link's wrist kind of bend like just a little too far like again this goes back to my this link is an idiot and i fucking love him because of it so you're running you're running around and you have your sword just a little jankly raised and then finally it reads it and it it's i don't even know why i'm talking about this but i, I just fucking love it anyways um Gyro aiming though, dude, like uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on 3DS, they have gyro aiming, and you know those shooting galleries, you know, for for side quests in those games, you know, they can be a little bit like, ooh, we're cutting it really close, you gotta be perfect or you're gonna lose. Dude, gyro aiming turns those into a fucking joke with how easy it becomes. And I loved it because there's something satisfying about, like, just moving it and snapping to it. And, uh, dude, I even played motion controls with the axe aiming in God of War Ragnarok. I used motion controls a little bit on, on uh, Splatoon i used it for oh dude i killed people i murdered people on mario tennis aces with their power shots and the gyro aiming because you can launch that shit so quickly uh it it i don't even want to be like oh you idiot you filter better like no, no, no. like it makes me sad that other people in your case you 
can't do mo- uh, gyro aiming. Like, it's not entirely, by the way. It's not, well, I mean, I guess in Skyward Sword, it kind of is entirely. No, no, it isn't entirely. Because if you wanted to, you can move the joystick as well. It's just like a little fine-tuning thing to get you to really aim where you need to go. That It makes me sad that people don't have that little extra jump or can't get it because it makes it... It just makes it a little bit more satisfying when you move the joystick hard and your joystick isn't moving quick enough and then you just kind of tilt your hand a little bit and boom, it snaps right into place. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I Look, everybody will clown on me and probably rightfully so for shitting on fucking Wii Sports back in the day. But this is why I don't like Wii Sports. I just don't understand how anyone finds flailing around half-heartedly with a fucking controller device whatever fun i just Wait, don't fun. and even if it's more accurate like i i i i don't understand for the life of me how that shooting gallery is more accurate of guile controls but maybe you can get good at it and be more accurate fair enough but i still wouldn't find it fun okay so now i'm curious just because you did bring up wii sports did you 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 definitely did do wii motion plus did you uh you, you know what the funny thing is i i did I did have Wii Motion Plus at some point, but I'm going to be honest with you, I don't remember what games I even ever tried for it. I think there, like, I don't, I don't think I did with Wii Sports, honestly. Um, but oh yeah, no, the, the thing is that Wii Motion Plus games had to support it specifically yeah. because, like, we Wii Sports it was a like controller thing you plugged it into, right? Or like a black? Yes. It was like a black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one. I had one. I did. Okay, but like the thing, what's how did you get one? Because like, did you? Play, get anything with it or like it did come with a game but i, I think it was like we was it wasn't like we play it, or something like that no it was like wasn't there a sports resort but like i don't think i got we sports resort i don't remember i definitely have a black thing i i i just don't even like my my time with the Wii was so like this was me at the height of uh, believe it or not this was me at the height of nintendo negativity negativity uh i just fucking hated that machine with pretty much every soul in my body and if it wasn't mario galaxy um and the fact that they were ignoring metroid 2 just pissed me off although i did like the other m but that's another hot thing <laughs> Uh, you 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 alone marooned on that island. I'm not even gonna go investigate to see if you know you have any merit to it. I'm just gonna call you stupid and move on on that one. No, no one likes the other M, so that is me. But that's because there's a lot of cutscenes and story and talking and dialogue. So, anyways, so the thing is, is that so like with Wii Sports, the motion is really just like it's reading the fact that you moved quickly. Like that's all it is. While Wii Motion Plus is more like it's it's more like the the move controllers in um yeah for PSVR because like it can actually read your movements a little bit accurately. Like if you were moving a left to right but you didn't shake that shit so hard, it could still read it. While the Wii Mote was just like reading like oh that's a hard shake uh do the movement. So yeah, like that's the thing where it's like. If you had tried Wii Motion Plus for, well, maybe not even Wii Motion Plus for Skyward Sword, because like like I was talking about, the sensor bar up front just does not feel like it is a good solution. The, I mean, honestly, the constantly resyncing with a button isn't a good solution either. But at the end of the day, as long as you remember to do it once it doesn't feel like it reads properly the game is balanced enough where you're not going to get giga fucked if you're desynced at some point because like you can still read some movements it just will require a little extra finessing but 
Yeah, right. like, I'm not going to assume that you will suddenly change your mind and be like, wow, wow, I'm so in for this. But I would be curious to see how you would take to it because you do have a little experience with it with PSVR. Yeah, no, and I, and I get it. It just it, for me, it just you you explained all that stuff like the sinking button and solutions and stuff like that. You, there is a solution. It's called a fucking control stick, and we've been using it for goddamn how long now, and it's worked fine. And and I understand for VR specifically. Again, I'm being very specific here for VR. That's an immersion thing for me. So at least you know that can I, I'm getting immersed by using these this shittier way, frankly, to control something. Uh, but even then, I still prefer the controller because with Resident Evil Seven, I played great with a controller now i don't know i have, i've never tried one of these new ones with the i don't know the, i don't know what you call them like the fucking where you put your hands into them I, oh i don't even know what the fuck those I, are I, called I, just, I just tracking controllers I, controllers I don't know but like those seem like a better solution than the fucking harry potter move on bullshit dildo things so i mean just i'm oh my god just a psvr2 game with one of those controllers and it's fencing I, oh my god oh, i want a sword fighting game so fucking badly i just i want that so badly and fucking jim ryan is just gonna be like hey six hundred dollars like fuck you i'm buying this shit used yeah all right well that's all i got on fucking that if you have anything else but I'll, uh, i can move on i don't know what I'm saying. god skyward sword was so much fun i might honestly keep it installed just so i can do some boss rush for more sword fighting because like if i can fight those two bosses again at the end of the game oh my god that was fucking fun oh yeah that's skyward sword fun i I spent way too much on this game but like whatever i don't have that many topics to talk about anyways (laughs) Cool. All right. Uh, all right. Let me move on now. I, I'm going to switch over now for something completely different. Let's switch over to some mm-hmm. cinema for a bit here. Uh, uh, obviously, yes, yes. I was doing my stupid contest in my Discord, so I had two movies left in that. And those were so. First of all, was uh, Time Bandits were, were was presented to me. Uh, what we do in the shadows at Autumn Sonata. So I talked about Time Bandits a little bit last week. Uh, now we're going to talk about, about what we do in the shadows. Uh, this was directed by uh, I can never say his fucking name right. I know you know it. Can you say it? Ta- Taki? What what? Did he fucking? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I can't fucking say his name. Uh, the thing is, is you're getting too into your head about it. You just, you just only want to hear his name. You don't want to try and read it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so directed by him, starring him and his uh, friend uh, Jermaine Clement. Um, this is actually pretty big. I guess it spawned off a whole TV show too. That's airing currently i think on fx so that's the thing too i won't watch that uh this was great though this was really fucking funny i'm not even usually a big um mockumentary kind of guy uh they're kind of hit and miss for me i do like some but usually it's just not my favorite type of movie uh this was really genuinely fucking funny though uh parrot suggested this one by the way too um it was just fucking really 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 funny it's basically about like you know vampires in a more normalized world and they're doing a documentary on these vampires and uh just showing the documentary what it's like to be a vampire um and some of the gags they come up with are just fucking great here uh there's the one old fucking vampire that's basically supposed to be nosferatu that just fucking made me crack up every time he was on screen i think it was called peter 
which is great. I don't know why that just made me crack <laughs> up. Uh, but yeah, there's just some really funny shit here. Uh, <laughs> some of the scenes with the fucking erotic dance had me howling. So I don't know. This is just really funny shit. Way better than I was expecting. Definitely worth watching. Um, yeah, again, I'm not usually into this sort of thing. And I don't think I'm going to watch the TV series. I just don't care enough for that it's different characters too and different actors and stuff and you know i think this was fine as a one-off idea for me but uh yeah no definitely enjoyable way better than i was expecting i kind of held off on it for the longest time i had heard of it but uh, i'm just really not in like i mean comedies in general these days aren't a big sell for me i want to be depressed more than i want to laugh especially when you throw me into a mockumentary situation and but uh, no this one was definitely worth the hype it was really good all right uh it is not streaming anywhere there's damn it i have just watched so few movies that it just is making me sad because like i'm just such in a zelda mood that i just want to throw everything away and just keep playing zelda so i like i have to kind of force myself to watch a movie right now and it's more it's not even like oh to have variety in the show it's like no i just really love movies and i don't want to let them fall to the wayside for that long so it is making me sad that like i I just i need to watch a movie but also like i'm just really in the mood for more zelda so and also the fact that like i kind of want to run through these games quickly means that i'm just not going to be able to have the time to get there and the fact that it's not streaming it's like well that just means it's a little bit harder than i'd like it to be to be able to do that so (sighs) Anyways, what we do in the shadows, just tell me when it's streaming out of 10. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, when movies are not streaming, that like kills my interest by like 100% too. So I get it. And like, uh, you don't I, pirate, I do. And like, I still am like, eh. No. And the point is that I have so much access for everything that I'm like, is it even, like, this even makes sense to pirate right now? Like, I'll just wait. Just wait, watch something I can watch easier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, out of 10 for me. Uh, and then the final movie in my pick, uh, in my thing here, and this was Autumn Sonata. Uh, this easily won. This movie's incredible. So this is uh, directed by Ingar, Ing- Ingmar Bergman, obviously, from oh. Seal and Marriage. Or I was going to say fucking Marriage Story, but it's basically. Scenes of a Marriage. Uh, so yeah, Scenes from a Marriage, Persona, Wild Strawberries. I mean, the guy's hits just go on and on and on. Uh, this is actually one of his more widely recognized movies. Uh, and what a lot of people consider this one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, and who am I to fucking argue? It's pretty incredible. Uh, it's basically just about a, you know, a, a mother coming back to, to meet with her daughter after a long time. And uh, they've got some serious fucking uh, <laughs> serious problems. And, uh, the, you know, they kind of hash out those problems over a really depressing night. Um, and it's just really tremendously done. It's incredibly acted. Uh, Ingrid Bergman is in this as well. And she is fucking fantastic here i don't know if she won an oscar for this i'm assuming not because foreign the oscars usually don't give it to foreign actors but jesus christ she probably should have she was just incredible here um live allman is fantastic too um it, it's just such a fucking tragic story um and there's a couple see it, it, it's kind of got one of those things i think we've talked about it in the show many times before but there, there's a there's a couple scenes in this movie which and i love this in a movie but it's like oh this feels really personal and i shouldn't be watching this oh. and movie, yeah yeah and when a movie kind of hits that for me hits that note i'm like oh 
and I can't turn away. I can't pull myself away, but it's like, fuck me. Like, I don't feel like I should be watching this. And I think that's just the hallmark of an incredibly well done uh, movie in what you're going for, because that's obviously what he wants out of this movie. But yeah, tremendous, tremendous film. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. Again, it's this is another one of those movies that me talking about it doesn't know justice because there are people much more qualified that have spent hours, I'm sure, talking about this movie. Uh, definitely one I want to grab uh, on the in the Criterion Collection at some point uh, and rewatch because, yeah, it's just a treat. So definitely worth watching. Uh, just great fucking movie. I think I have Ingmar Bergman's persona, just the Criterion, in my in my little like. Uh, you do. I don't even remember what I call LDF. Oh, yes, you do. You know that. <laughs> okay, well that's definitely in there. It's just like yeah. What, what did I call my like the cabinet, the, the waiting room? I don't know. E- either term works with me. Uh, it's sitting there. When the fuck am I gonna watch it? Honestly, I I think what I need to do is that I probably need to ease myself back in, so like I can't jump in and do hardcore Kino again. Maybe I just knew something a little bit poppier, you know? Like I I got the Mission Impossible movie sitting in there. That that feels like that's properly poppy enough for me to be able to jump into. Uh, I'm sorry, Ingmar Bergman had a ten. So it's funny you mentioned that. You said that, that you need to jump in with something more poppy or whatever. And I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I didn't put that on my list. Oh, God. Shows you how kind of just fine and forgettable that was. So, yeah, let's just throw it in quickly. Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's fine. It's forgettable. Nora's in it, though. And shout out to Nora because we love and appreciate Nora. Look, I'm That's literally how much she got a paycheck. I'm yeah, happy she had a paycheck, man. That, that, I mean, I didn't put like I mean I could say more on it, but I didn't even put it in my list. So I think that says something. So there you go. <laughs> Look, man, the movie looks like soy for an IP yeah. that I don't even think should be this revered. Like it is it is a very good comedy movie. And then it got children's TV shows. And that's it. Like, why why is Ghostbusters this persistent? I don't know. Like, I mean, the, the okay. Have you sorry. Have, have you seen any of them? I, uh, the I've first one seen the first one? one, and I was like, "Huh, that's good. Okay. That was a good comedy movie." Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, I think the fir- like the first one I think is really yeah, it's good. A good movie. Like, the, like I, yeah. I like the first one quite a bit. But yeah, good. span to span everything at span. No, no, I, I don't quite understand that. And the, the the crazy the feverance of some of the fans, and then you have that horrible. Which I mean, don't get me wrong, this is still better than that fucking all female reboot they did. Uh, light years better than that. Um, but I mean, it just, again, it's just, is this needed? No, I, I really don't think it is. It's, it's fine. It's fun. Like there's a couple of cool moments in there. There's, there's some soy to be had for sure. But like, I don't know why you're soying in the first place, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, because but, people um, just really like Ghostbusters that it's yeah. like, why? Yes. Like yeah. they're, they're fun characters. It's very funny, but like, why is this so, eh, you know, I, I don't get it, man. But whatever, just I, I, why am I going to watch this? I don't I don't want soy for Ghostbusters at a time. Yeah, yeah li- literally, the only reason I put it on was because, like, I'm not in the mood for, like, a, like a, a fucking Kino movie right now. So I need something to put on that's, like, not going to stretch my brain. Speaking of which, let's talk about Antiviral. This is the 2012 move directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Um Hey, so this is Cronenberg's first movie, Brandon Cronenberg. So David, uh, obviously David Cronenberg's son. Um, This is the first movie he did. Really interesting concept 
Um, and most of like I, I'm I, spoiler. This movie's oh by the way, Ghostbusters Afterlife was a three out of five. Spoiler: This is also a three out of five. And basically, probably like the good majority of those stars is going to the concept. And like I fucking love the concept here. Uh, basically, just in the future, you kind of got like this clinic that sells fucking diseases from celebrities. <laughs> and, <laughs> Yeah, and basically they infect you with the same, like, let's say you, this is a celebrity you really love, and they get herpes. You too can have the herpes that this exact celebrity had. Uh, really fucking wild idea. Um, yeah, it's just fucking great. I, I love that look at, like, how fucking obsessive we are with fucking celebrity culture sometimes. So really Honestly, love Honestly, this kind of sounds like a, like a fucking banger SNL skit. I don't know yeah, if it sounds no, like I, a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a great concept great idea um and just as a full full like movie doesn't quite do it for me uh caleb landry jones stars here and he does a really good job in the lead role like i like him um there's some cool kind of fucked up body horror here as well as there always is going to be in a cronenberg but at the end of the day the idea is just like the idea is great but what the script and like a full length feature out of it is just a little bit underwhelming i think you could have done this as like a short movie even or something like that but just as on its own, it's not particularly great and memorable. But yeah, I mean, it was fine, and I like the idea. So, well, I, I'm not regretting watching it, but I would never think about it again. And then, in terms of Brandon Cronenberg's three movies, which is this, um, a Possessor, and of course the newest Infinity Pool, uh, this is definitely the worst of the three. Uh, he's, you know possessor was fantastic i fucking love that movie and infinity pool i didn't like it quite as much as possessor but it was a lot of fun and i definitely had a great time with that this is the worst of the three but it's his first movie so you know you're not everyone's gonna fucking come out with straight heat and uh launch whiplash as their first movie <laughs> uh, you so, beat me to it i was about to say it. Yeah. i was like well not everyone can be damien giselle yeah not everyone's gonna do that or, or fucking reservoir dogs and drop some fucking incredible banger out the gate just doesn't happen so but this was good so solid movie I mean, it does uh, happen you just gave two examples when it does i mean it, it does happen it just it's, I'm just it doesn't being happen. An asshole. yeah it's just it, it doesn't happen as often um, as, as we'd like it to although the fucking Ari Aster did uh fucking uh, hereditary i mean i could go on with some great examples but yeah. uh, he, he's he's two right now he's two like we we need a little bit more before we put him into that category like this man is like this man is like bangers in because like you yeah. know oh, if Bo, i'm just if saying Bo, one more yeah if, if, yeah if Bo bangs then i'll uh well, uh, that's the subtitle. We'll, that's the actual subtitle. Bo bangs. <laughs> Bo bangs. Yeah. If Bo bangs, we'll cement that one in there. But yeah, antiviral, <laughs> solid film. Three out, three out of five. Uh, my score is: I now wish that uh, we knew that the main character Bo's afraid. His last name was Bangs. Bo bangs would be great. Maybe it is. That'd be just fantastic. Uh, all right, moving on. We're gonna move back to games now. We're gonna talk <laughs> about Ghostwire Tokyo. That's I right. I forgot you even fucking played this game. Yes. So this is the Tango Game Works game from 20 last year, actually, just 2022. Sony exclusive for now. So it's still a great game till the end of yeah. March. It's because Game Pass trash after. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, a lot of mixed stuff on this game. I think you even you you obviously didn't really like it. So we'll talk about your opinion in a bit here. Um, 
but I had a really good time with this. I quite had fun. Now, for me, I, I I played this very specifically, and by very specifically, I mean I did almost no fucking side content, which is how, the right way. Honestly, once I saw how you played yeah. it, I was like, oh no wonder you beat it. Oh, I mean, oh no, never mind. Because like literally, the only game, the only game you ever bounced off of was fucking Final Fantasy 15, and even I yeah. beat that one. Yeah, which I liked Final Fantasy 15. I just that was just unfortunate timing, really. I want to go back to it at some point, but it's that stage where I'd have to restart everything. And I was halfway in. So fuck my life. But anyways, um, yeah, no, I, I, I like Ghostwire. Uh, it's very moody. I love the atmosphere of it. You want to talk about Ghostbusters. It kind of felt like Ghostbusters a little bit, just in Japan, fucking exercising some demons. You know what? If, uh, if Japan somehow had Ghostbusters, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, I can somehow see it. I don't, yeah, I don't so like it because, you know, it makes me think about that. But, you know, sure. It'd be better than fucking the Weeboo anime fucking Ghostbuster Japan trash we'd probably get. I'd rather look at this as like a Japan I mean, okay, Ghostbuster. sure, sure. Okay, like if, if we're talking like like if you took the energy of 80s Japan and you said you guys are now the ones making Ghostbusters, sure, sure, yeah. fine. I, I, I still don't like being confronted with this, okay? It feels like being reminded by mortality. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I feel like for me, uh, atmosphere does so much for a game for me. If I can vibe with the atmosphere and I can get into that world, that is such a huge plus for me for games and for movies too, but especially for games because you're going to spend more time in that world. And I just like the world of Ghostwire Tokyo. If I can walk into the shop and see a flying cat and him selling me some shit. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're cool. I like you. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The actual side content, I did almost fucking none of it, and I think that was good. Um, I did do a You're few. You're telling side me you didn't things. want to see the same house over and over again yeah. for the same like spirit that you no. need to cleanse? No, no, absolutely not. I did do a few side quests at the start, so like my my playthrough I think was like ten hours total. So I did do like a few at the start, and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, but I was like, no, that's gonna just get really repetitive really fucking fast so it's the kind of thing where i don't know like i really don't know why this needed to be an open world they probably could have like made it more streamlined and linear and kind of chopped out a whole bunch of fat the game definitely feels like it's missing some direction which i think makes sense after that uh that enthusiastic e3 lady left the game um, I think it probably got shifted around a bit. I don't know. I, just, I love the idea that, like, this flesh and blood lady. Ah, yes, that's the E3 lady. I mean, I don't know her name. But <laughs> no, I know, I know. It doesn't stop it from being yeah. funny, though. Oh, for sure. But, um, yeah, so, I I mean, there's definitely issues with the game. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, hey, for what I played through it and 10 hours, the main story itself, I dug. I had a good time with it definitely kind of some mispotential there i think it could have been more linear more tighter even more scarier at some points but um i mean it was a fun game i had a good time with it it had a good vibe the steelbook's gorgeous so i'm glad you got me that steelbook because i'm definitely keeping that in my collection now i like it a lot uh, speaking so, of which i actually went to best buy today to return the uh john nice. wick steelbook and uh, uh yakuza or, or whatever the fuck no no it's not no like a dragon god I, dragon. Yeah, we're like fuck a dragon your now. name changed god you damn it no, okay. yeah, no, no, that all, all went good. Uh, the reason I bring it up is that um, uh, I saw just a lone Ghostwire steelbook sitting there, next oh. to a stack of like twenty Halo Infinite steelbooks. Oh fuck! 
I'm kind of tempted to get that actually. How much was it? Did you see? <laughs> oh, it was probably ten dollars, like they usually are. I didn't even know they were still available. Oh well, dude, maybe next they time. are so they're always there. Oh, fuck, like, that's I'm, funny. I actually wouldn't no, mind like, one. Dude, like, <laughs> this is, it, it, people know that the disc is just like an installer. It's like, uh, oh, uh, Game yeah, Pass as well? Like, why do I want Why do I want this? I'm really going to... I mean, look, I, I, we shit on Xbox a lot here, rightfully so. But um, I really don't like how Xbox does physical media. Really I mean, don't. They, you, mean how they, you mean how they don't? Yeah, they don't, basically, at this point. Like, for fuck's sakes, like, I would kill for, like, a, a sick, like, Pentiment or, like, Hi-Fi Rush Steelbook, like, or even just fucking physical release, but... All right, I'm going <sighs> to say something that is probably going to piss off someone. I mean, Pedro, you're not <laughs> listening, so, like, whatever. Uh, look, they're in the same camp as Netflix for me. It's like, if you're ever doing physical, cool. You're never going to. So, like, I can't even be – I can't even bring myself to be mad about the fact that they're not doing anything because, like, that's just not where their heads are. So, whatever. No, fair. All right. Uh, anyways, Ghostwire Tokyo, a lot of fun. Had a great time with it. It banged. Has problems. But atmosphere and vibe do be hitting. It's about a 7.5 out of 10 for me. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. But you didn't like it. So, you, sorry. You talk. You talk. No, no. I did so much more side stuff than you. And I can tell you right now that that's probably what burned me out. Because, like, I got to, like, a good portion of the game. And I'm like, all right. I'm going to mainline it. And then once I saw that I was only like halfway through the game, I was like, I am not sticking through this fucking game anymore. I've done enough. I don't want to fucking deal with any of this anymore. So, yeah, no, no, I feel like there is there are a good, enjoyable, I don't know, 15 to 10 to 15 hours in that game you know if you're only staying there for 15 to 10 hours the problem is i burned myself out on a whole bunch of the side shit so like most of the shit that i probably would have enjoyed which is like the main story stuff i wasted my enjoyment time on side quests so it's like god damn it but like at this point i don't know if i'm ever gonna want to be interested enough to go back to it so that game is dead to me i don't i don't want to think about it i don't I'm, I'm just never going back it's over it's done for me yep fair enough all right uh yeah that's all i have to say so more than your games god damn it Hey, all right, now here's a transition. We want to talk about linear as fuck games. Let's get into the Callisto Protocol. And oh, oh, boy, do oh why the fuck did you play all this? I was fucking jamming through some games, baby. God and damn. I finished this one too. All right, here we go. The Callisto Protocol. So this, of course, is the game released last year from, uh, what are they called? Was Spring? it last year? Oh, I mean, it was right there. Yeah, never yeah, it was mind. very end of last year, so December, but yeah. Um, I think it's called Striking Distance, the that studio right. behind it. Striking Distance. About? It's PUBG Studios. Yeah, PUBG. Uh, Crafton, of course. They're PUBG themselves. Uh, Mr. PUBG. Oh, Mr. PUBG. Mr. PUBG. Uh, yeah, so this move, so this game just got fucking torched when it came out. So, and I kind of, I, I kind of took part in it, which I, again, I've been trying to be better lately um, and not. Uh, hashtag AFBF. Yes, and not gang rape uh, games as much. Hi, why not? Uh, and so i so but yeah when this game first came out even i was dunking on it a little bit um i was like hey, whatever so i but i still wanted to play it so i ended up getting it for christmas my little brother got it for christmas so i was like cool i don't have to spend money what is your man what are you junior out here yeah, getting shit yeah shut up Dwayne junior um but <laughs> yeah so 
here's the thing with this game. I can understand why some people don't, well, why most people don't like this game. I, I, I get it. You know, first of all, I think the creator, who's Glenn, um, fuck, what's his name? Thank you, Glenn Schofield. He obviously famously created Dead Space. Um, and he made this game basically was saying this is going to be a spiritual successor into Dead Space. But this game is nothing like Dead Space. Wait, did and he actually I, say spiritual successor? Like, or did he just like, you know, I think a lot of people it. assume that, but he definitely leaned into the fact that he had made Dead Space. Here's another game in space on a ship. This is going to be I, again. He never said this is a spiritual successor to Dead Space, but I think it's very clear that that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. Me. Um, and of course, people just kind of latched onto that. I mean, people like media fans were saying that and he certainly didn't dissuade that. He didn't say not that. Glenn Goatfield is back, boys. Yeah, exactly. So this game is nothing like Dead Space. In fact, this to me is more like a fucking Sony AAA first party studio game in the sense that you're getting a lot of tight quarters you're squeezing through. You're getting oh, a no. lot lot of story a lot of cutscenes, a lot of characters uh and discussions and things of that nature that's what this felt like to me and that's what i fucking love in video games i want that cinematic flair i want that story i want those characters and all of that stuff for me was done better in this game than dead space dead space is a more like organic and fun game to play if you're just going pure for the gameplay perspective and like what it offers you dead space wins for sure but that's not what i like in video games i want the story i want the characters and i got that with dead space or dead space excuse me the callisto protocol i really dug what i got here visually this game is stunning it's a masterpiece to look at. It's one of the best looking video games I've ever seen, period. Um, I played it on the, just the 30, uh, 30 frames per second quality mode, too. So I was getting like the big graphic experience. Uh, big graphics. Um, and yeah, like people shit on the combat. I, I think the combat is fun. The problem. I say it, you also got it patched already where they changed well, a whole bunch of shit, a, didn't they? A, you're right. Absolutely. I got a patch. So I definitely got improvement there. But B, it's fun at the beginning, but it kind of falls apart near the end. The problem is the combat well, is like, a, gym, a gym game. Yeah. The, shut up. The, the problem is <laughs> the, the problem is the combat is really fun and smart if you're facing like one or two guys. Then it's kind of cool, which, by the way, if you don't know, the way the combat basically works in this game is you're just pushing a directional stick to avoid hits and kind of countering back. It feels really slugfest, almost like a boxing game at times. And I really liked how that felt. Um, that's where if you're doing melee, basically, you can also you get guns and lots of ammo and stuff like that. But you still got to try to avoid these hits a lot of the time. Um, if you're but yeah, it, doing that, I think it works great if there's like one or two. The problem is late in the game. And, and by the way, I found it very scary at the start, too. But near the end of the game, the last couple of chapters, A, it starts being scary because they start flooding so many fucking enemies at you at once, which just completely devalues the tension and scares for me. Uh, so it does that. But then it's also it's really fucking the combat system just kind of breaks when there's that many things like it's just not meant for that. And I think that's kind of a problem with the game itself. So that's definitely a huge issue. And I can understand why people were being frustrated to that. We're the point where I just dropped it to easy at then. And I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> just want to get through this now. Um, the boss fights too in this game are pretty uninspired. Like, I mean, definitely that felt like a weak link here, especially Dead Space has a lot more creative bosses and that's well done. But again, for me personally, 
as a guy who prioritizes the story, I really love what I got here. I thought the story was fantastic. I just felt totally immersed in this world. I thought the characters, the main characters here, uh, Jacob was great. I thought he was great. And the girl he was with, I can't think of her name now, but she was really good too. Wow. So you would forget the woman. I know, right? I know. But yeah, so definitely a hot take, but I fucking love my time with the Callisto Protocol. I thought it was a great fucking first attempt. Uh, it sold like shit. So there's no chance it's getting a sequel now. I think they are finishing up some DLC for it, which I actually honestly might play if it's story-based and because uh, I want to see the end of the story because they definitely kind of end it um, on a bit of a cliffhanger. So the I question think is, did it actually sell like shit or did they just have no. some ridiculously high expectations? No, I think it did actually sell really badly. Like, I think those reviews heard it, but I, I don't remember exactly. But I remember them saying that it was like, that they probably had bad expectations too. Don't get me wrong. But it's uh, like, you know, just after, after Tomb Raider, it's like, yeah, you, you guys, did you not realize that you guys had a fucking hit and you guys just asked for too much? Or good old the Square Enix, uh, Square Enix uh, special there. Square Enix <laughs> Western specifically. Yeah, Square Enix what, Western. Which, what was that? Like, a Final Fantasy game sold like like three copies ah oh, that's perfect the budget was like three ham sandwiches this is perfect great job baby uh, deus ex only sold 10 billion copies son of a bitch we know planet earth has more people than that <laughs> did you not market it on jupiter <laughs> that's so fucking true but uh yeah I, I actually do think it sold pretty shit but uh really liked it thought it was a great game again i understand all, I understand a lot of the complaints. I do think, though, people are being a little bit stupid when it comes to this. Specifically, again, again, I think Glenn should have done more to dissuade it. But people are always like, we want new IP. We want new IP. We want new IP. Okay, here's a new IP for you. It's not Dead Space. Give me Dead Space. Oh, Dead Space remake. Uh, come on, but here's the thing. If you're talking about spiritual successors and you don't deliver on the spiritual successor... Yeah, I get it. Glenn should have been more open with that. I, I, I do get it. But fuck, man, like it's just too bad because I really enjoyed what was here. But that's just me and I'm crazy and I like my stories. So 8 out of 10. I had a fantastic time with it. Uh, the, This just pushes me more towards just doing Dead Space and ignoring Cal uh, Callisto because everything you said is like, okay, I know your taste. I Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, also, the other thing that knowing that like the patch makes the combat significantly easier, it's like, I know I could probably play just a 1.0, but, you know, then I'd be running more into glitches than anything else. And then my question is, was that, I don't know, I don't know why, this is just going to be completely baseless, but part of me just feels like, did you guys misdesign this game that badly? That... You're like, oh, the combat was a little too hard. Let's go ahead and rebalance it. Or, like, okay, was this an error? Or is it, it sold like shit and people are complaining about this so we can make this an easy scapegoat to change? Like, um, am, I, am I getting too conspiratorial here? Like, I don't know. But I'm like, I kind of would like to play what the intention, what the original intention of the game is. And the fact that they changed it makes me go, well... It, was that the point of the game or no? Like, am I making sense or? You are making sense. Um, I do think. It's hard to explain. No, I, I get what you're saying. I, I do think, though, they probably had to change it because I, I, and I still think it's broken. Like, I think I think if you're just getting too many enemies at you, if this game throws at you, I just don't 
think the combat system quite works as intended. So I understand why they, I, I mean, I still think they need to change it more to be honest with you, because I don't think that quite works properly. I mean, it was tolerable and easy, but yeah, that's easy. I can't imagine trying to do that shit on hard. Like, I just, it, it seems straight up broken to me. Um, and there was other issues too. Like there was like, I know people have had like the check, people really had issue with the checkpoint system in this game. I didn't have one issue with it, but I guess it's possible that you can get stuck in a situation where you basically get a checkpoint with like no ammo, no health, and you're kind of fucked and a lot of enemies, oh. which sucks dick. I've never had that happen, so I can't comment on it, but I guess it can happen. If that happens, that fucking sucks. So again, I understand a lot of the issues about it. I, I do. I just I do wish people were a bit more open to try different things, but I don't know. I guess maybe Glenn kind of fucked that up, but who knows is what it is, I guess. You know, in that same vein, just just because, you know, uh, I was terrified of it because I thought I was about to relive um, an issue that I had so long ago. Uh, So Ocarina of Time, right? I, you know, I I tried playing that game so many times, but like, I'm also an idiot. So like, uh, as a child, you know, it took me a while to actually get there. Uh, The reason I bring this up is that in the second to last boss fight, I died in Skyward Sword. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because Ocarina of Time, I had gotten all the way like to the end of the game. I had already beaten uh, the Wii Tennis game with Ganon. And um, I was in the section where you had to run down uh, and out of Hyrule Castle. The problem is, is that I died when I got to the bottom of Ganon. And so the checkpoint sent me all the way back to the top of the castle. The problem with that is that I didn't have any like healing items or fairies. So when I got sent back up there, I had three hearts. There are full debris that will just randomly take you out. So I was like, there is no chance that I'm going to be able to run down all of Hyrule Castle without getting hit. And that's even before we talk about the lizard enemies. So, yeah, that game just that I, I eventually got back to it at some point and beat it on 3DS. But that save just stayed there because I was like, there's no way I'm pulling that off. Uh, anyways, I'm glad that Skyward Sword did not fuck me over. It, it even let me walk. No, no, it didn't let me walk away. Yeah, no, I think it let me walk away to go heal up and grab more fairies. I was like, oh, thank God. I was about to get giga fucked here. So, yeah, uh, I I ain't no stranger to uh, checkpoint bugs that completely fuck you. Yeah, it just sucks. All right. Uh, anyway, that's all I got to say about Callisto. Uh, moving on. Uh, last game. I got three things left. Last game, though. We'll, we'll knock that off. And that is Metroid Prime Remastered. So... This is obviously the surprise launch from Nintendo here. They kind of shadow dropped it. The physical, I was waiting for the physical release. Finally got it. Uh, Retro Studio remastered their own game. This is, of course, the 2002 seminal classic on a GameCube when it originally came out. I believe it was 2002. Someone can fact check me. That sounds uh, right. Yeah, I'm pretty, keep I'm pretty going, sure. Keep going. I'll check. Yeah, fact check me. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, but yeah, Metroid Prime Remastered. So I have a very uh, interesting history with this game, uh, meaning I don't like it. Um, back in, here's the thing. I love Metroid. Uh, 2002, I, I, yes, correct. November 18th, 2002. Perfect. Barely 2002, but it made it. Um, I'm a big, big Metroid guy. Love Metroid. Um, Super Metroid is probably, you know, one of my favorite games of all time. It's a seminal experience for me. Uh, and I re kind of ignited that passion with uh, Metroid Dread from a couple years ago, which I think is just a tremendous, tremendous game. 
Uh, Metroid Prime for me, I just, when I played it, when it first came out on the GameCube, so A, I was young. So let's be honest, I was just young and young Addy had some, you know, questionable takes, even more questionable than now. Did you beat me to Um, it? (laughs) Yeah. So true. B, I, I think it controlled like shit. Like they just, the controls were not refined and I stand by that today and I'll explain why that is, but I, I just don't think it controlled very well on the GameCube, not because of the controller, which is another beef of mine, but the actual, just the way it's set up to control, I don't think was great. Um, but three, and I think more than anything, I was just, to me, it was just Metroid always represented this 2d thing for me. And it's like, Oh, now they're just going in first person, trying to copy a trend. Um, and that was just, well, I mean, mean, back then when I was young, everything was becoming like the first person shooters were becoming all the rage. Like that was just becoming the thing they were becoming incredibly, incredibly popular at that point with halo, um, kill zone, of course, and all that shit. It's weird because you're saying this and I feel like the trend wouldn't be first person. It'd be 3d. I mean, this was just me when I was young. No, I know. I get it. I know. Like, why am I arguing Addy from like 21 years ago? But still, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, if if I knew you at that point and, you know, I was as an an articulated child, which again, again, not much has changed, you know, Um, (laughs) I I would just be like, I'd pull out my pacifier and just be like, uh, that's more of a 3D transition than a first person transition. And then I, I, I threw up on myself. So fair. Uh, yeah, so now I've decided, and again, we're trying to go back to be, be more tolerant of Nintendo. I was like, this is the perfect game to do this with. Uh, let's get back into it. So, you know, the game is, is, is it's very good. Um, I, the, the biggest improvement for me, like I said, is the control scheme. This plays like a traditional, uh, con- any like first person game you'd expect to control, left stick, right stick, you left stick moves, right stick like looks around. That's how it should be. It's not tanky like the fucking original GameCube release was. It's a thousand times better. You could actually go back and play the original GameCube controllers, the controls, which I did for like a a couple minutes to be like, no, am I crazy? Like, did this really control like shit? And the answer was yes, it did control like shit. And this is better in every single way. Um, But yeah, no, the game itself, it's it's definitely a vibe, man. It's really great. Um, I still overall prefer 2D Metroid. Like I'm, 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 I think I'm about like seven or eight hours in now. I don't know exactly where I am. I feel like I'm past the halfway point. I think I'm getting not at the end, but getting closer to the end. I don't know if I'll finish it by Friday, but I'm getting closer to that point. And I feel that it's. It's still very good. It's excellent. I understand why it gets all the praise it does now and why people love this game so much, even if it's not going to quite hit that for me, which is okay. I think I just prefer the 2D landscape when it comes to Metroid games. But this is definitely an outstanding game in its own right. Um, even with some minor quabbles I have, like I do think some of the some of the backtracking and having to fight the same enemies over and over again is a little bit irritating. Um, which I mean, Metroidvania games are all about backtracking, but for whatever reason, it just seems like it's a little bit less irritating in the 2D space, probably because there's less space to navigate. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's still an excellent game. It's very good. I was definitely wrong about this one. So we'll chalk it up to that. I'm going to quite enjoy this game. I think by the time my playthrough is finished and uh, yeah, this is just ro- totally reignited me back on the Metroid path. Uh, I'm going to be buying a, a 2DS here pretty quick. 
and send it to you you're gonna get it and hopefully hack a bunch of metroid shit on there for me oh and yeah I'm absolutely 1000 percent. oh yeah yeah and, and i just want to fucking just re-go through i, I want to start at the beginning of the metroid timeline and i'm just gonna go through i think till the end and play all this shit um and have some fun with it because i fucking love this franchise this is the one franchise from nintendo that kind of has me by the balls because i've always you know had some enjoyment out of it and uh, it just fits what i like like i love space shit it's the atmosphere it's vibey it's got great music so it's what i look for when i want uh you know the rare nintendo taste i guess so yeah metro prime having a good time with it not done yet i'll uh wrap it up uh on the next episode when i finish up god i just i hear all this and then i'm thinking over here I'm like man just i am such in a hardcore zelda mood is it both end up here how we both just like our 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 uh, period timelines just like we're both on the rag right now we're both just like i kind of need more nintendo in my life like well, what, what ended up happening here you know that, that's all i can really say um okay so besides that uh hold on uh i'm not gonna tell anyone how long i've been playing tetris effect for this episode i'm not gonna I'm not going to mention that right now. So it was it was a bad idea to download Tetris Effect on the Switch Lite because like now it's just always around. It's just it's going to fucking ruin my life at some point. Anyways, um, so Metroid Prime, I bought it right. I bought my physical copy as soon as I saw that pre-orders went up. I was like, you know, I've been meaning to do this. Honestly, I was thinking that I was going to buy a GameCube copy and play it through there because I've got the little um HDMI uh, converter. Not I'm well. The actual proper converter that gets 480p out of the GameCube, not just converts it over to HDMI for 480i, because 480i to 480p is fucking insane how much of a difference it is. Uh, anyways, uh, so I bought my copy. The problem is, is that the fucking mailman, this, it's a bigger, it's an actual box. Like, it's not a little slip. The game is coming inside a box. The fucking mailman tried to stuff the box into this little tiny mail slot. And whenever I want to go pick it up, you can tell like the box is crushed. So like, I'm like, oh, God, please don't be please don't be a messed up um, case. And I look at it and it looks completely fine. And then you look at the top and at the top of the cover, there's a hairline fracture of the broken case. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Uh, this I, I'm going to keep it sealed. Like I'm going to try and figure out how to return it. Um, but here's the thing. You know me. I'm very good at getting things, at being able to find stuff. For some reason, the Metroid Prime game is constantly eluding me. I have missed it go up like five or six times across three different retailers and it is driving me insane because like i i fucking just nailed i just nailed a tears of the kingdom special edition from best buy like i don't know an hour ago and then i can't fucking land a metroid prime remastered i don't know why Anyways, it, it's just, uh, fuck that mailman. I can't even get mad at Nintendo because they had no reason to even put it out physically because they did like a day one drop. And honestly, I don't even expect anything from Nintendo at this point because like you make a game, I like it, cool. Like, <laughs> thank you for making me a game that actually makes me happy, okay? Because apparently that's too much to ask now for something to make me happy. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's, 
I don't know when I'm gonna get to play this because right now I'm on my Zelda kick and it feels like at some point I should probably play a 3D Mario. I should probably do that at some point. So, yeah. Just, I'm sorry, Metroid. I love your, I love your genre. I'll, I'll get there eventually out of 10. All right. I've got two things left now. I'll do one of them, I guess, or both, whatever. No, no, no. I, I will go ahead and knock one out right now. Um, oh, okay. Collateral good oh, movie. I, I, movie. I had Very some movie. dorks in here. It was great to show off the sound system. What have I not said about this movie already? It's a wonderful story about a man being taught to not be so meek and actually go out and get what he wants. What else could I say? It's fucking great. Watch it. Yeah, I've done. I, I've talked about this movie so many times on the show. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, Collateral is a great movie. Uh, really banger. Uh, I got to watch in 4K. About the 4K. I haven't watched in 4K yet, so I'll do that at some point, and maybe we'll mention it again on this episode, on the show. The, the, four, the 4K is fine. It, it's fine. Yeah, I've heard, it, heard it's solid. It's, it's yeah. fine, whatever. It, the sound is better than the Blu-ray, which, you know, the the, the Blu-ray is already pretty clean, so. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, that's good, it. great movie, though. Yeah. I got one left. Cool. Uh, okay. Uh, cocaine Bear. Ooh. Yeah. Cocaine Bear. This is, of course, just came out recently, directed by Elizabeth Banks, starring Carrie Russell's O'Shea Jackson Jr. and the dearly departed Ray Liotta. Rest in peace, Mr. Liotta. Um, this movie is fun. I mean, look, 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 look. There are some movies that you just kind of you see the title and it's exactly what it says on the tin. Snakes on a plane. Yeah, there's going to be snakes on the plane. You know what you're getting into. And that's exactly what Cocaine Bear is. A bear Good. snorts some cocaine. People die. Crazy shit happens. It's a fun time. Is it anything more than that? No. Will this be in my top 10 at the end of the year? No. Will it be in my top 20 at the end of the year? Probably not. But damn, it was a fun time. Just a good experience. Fun to watch with other people if you like that sort of thing in the theaters. I don't know what else to say, man. It's just you you have a bear storting cocaine to killing people. <laughs> There's not much more to it. It's based off a true story, although incredibly stretched if you read the true story. Because in the, nah. true, story, in the true story, the bear died in like 30 seconds. <laughs> it nah. didn't last very long. I so doubt I like, it. So I like the movie better. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. I bet you believe everything you read on the news. I bet you believe we actually landed on the moon, you fucking sheeple. Yes. <laughs> Look at him. He thinks we actually landed on the moon. I bet you believe that cell phones are real, too. Yes. I, I, I don't. Do I do I bring up the birds? The, uh, the birds is like um as uh, surveillance devices, too, because like you're just kind of you're just kind of saying, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's all, it's all real. It's okay, all. it's it's all perfectly legal. Okay, yeah, yeah cocaine bear. Oh my god, I don't know, man. I don't. Am I ever gonna watch cocaine bear? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's the thing. It just I don't even know what to say about this movie because I'm curious about it. If you if it reaches like a nice little cult status, which I doubt because like it's getting a wide release, there's no chance that this movie's not this is gonna fade to, to like just obscurity. Yeah, you know, at least for a while. So 
I don't know. I, I, I'm fine. I, I feel like I would need to hear some spoilers about like some insane shit that happens in this movie for me to go. Well, I guess I have to see that. So, yeah, co- cocaine bear. Uh, I, I don't need to do a line. Um, uh, my score is gonna be do it, Cox. You don't want no part in this shit. Out of ten. Uh, uh, ooh, what the fuck? Hold on a second here. My oh my uh, my headphones came off. Plug. It sounded weird. Uh, three point five out of five. Uh-huh, 3.5 uh-huh. out of 5. All right. My last thing on my list is Titanic. <laughs> Directed in 1997 by one young Canadian Psychotic lad, person. Oh, never mind. Okay. James Cameron. Well, Canadian psychotic goes hand in hand. Jamerin. <laughs> Jimmy Cameron. Jamerin Camerino. Jamerin Camerino. So first of all, first of all, fun, fun, fun story. I don't know if I told you or anyone this actually. Mm-hmm. Um, went to go see this in theaters. It was a 3D release, which fucked my life, but that's the only thing they were showing it in. So I was like, all right, I guess we're watching this shit in 3D, which I don't want to, but here we go. <laughs> Movie starts, and right away, right away, I'm like, hmm, this doesn't look very 3D, which whatever, I don't care, right? But it, the problem is it looks blurry. And I'm like, that's not supposed to be right. So I'm sitting there for a few minutes. I'm like, well, maybe it's just these underwater sequences. Maybe it's just more blurry than I remember. I don't fucking know movie comes out of like from under the water there at the start and it no it's blurry i'm like what the fuck so i take my glasses off it look first of all it looks the same glasses on glasses off there's definitely no 3d and it's blurry i'm like ah so get up, get up go like flag down a person i'm like yeah like there's something wrong with this it does not look 3d i mean it just looks blurry like i'm like i don't care if it's 3d it just looks blurry and they're like oh they probably just forgot to put the lens down I didn't know this. Apparently, you just put slide a lens down over, and that's what makes it 3D. 30 seconds later, they slid the lines down, and everything was fine. Fun fact. Anyways. I I believe it just because, like, if you put a lens, it's splitting the image into two. So, like, because, like, splitting it into two is what gives it the 3D effect, you know? So, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, movie's great, uh, tremendous, better than I remembered, fantastic, deserves all the praise, deserves all the accolades, deserves all the love. Uh, you know, Leo probably could have fit on there for a little bit. They fucked that up, but everything else is great. Hey, he's going to prove everyone wrong, goddammit. He's going to prove everyone wrong. Some of the things I forgot about this movie, though, I forgot how hilarious Billy Zane is in this movie. He's, just, he's so perfect. <laughs> he's just comic book level villainry at some times, and it just it makes me laugh. He's just such an asshole. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, I gotta, I gotta, my wife, my wife, my wife, my wife, my wife, yes, you are, and, no, no, sorry, my fiance, my fiance, yes, you are, and my wife, not by love, but in training, (laughs) yeah, half of the people will die on the ship, not the better half, oh, Oh, he's he's great. So me and my uh, me me and my dad, we have a funny running thing here, and I gotta look up this guy's name. Give me a second. Uh, we're gonna call back to Die Hard here for a second. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, what's this fucking guy's name though? Oh, this is gonna bother. Hans Bobby, baby. Yes, yes. What is that actor's name? Do you know? His well, name? I don't know. I don't know. But that was just a shot in the dark. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> nailed it. Uh, fuck. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna. I'm literally. Whatever, I'm gonna click through this cast. I'm gonna find this piece of shit. Dude, I can't Whatever. fucking believe that I called it, honestly. Why can't I find this shot. Google Google Hans Bubby Baby. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. 
I'm really proud of myself for that one. Like, I have no context of why okay, that should be right at all. Heart, heart, wow, he's got a fucking cunt name, too. Heart Boncher. Why are you not on here? Heart there he is. Okay. What? Heart, bon, heart Boschner. Heart Boschner. Okay. Anyways, okay. we have a joke between us that this guy is like kind of the original Chode. Like, if you just looked up Chode in the dictionary, it'd probably be that character. Yeah. But, but Billy Zane has a good run at that in Titanic. That, 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 that's he's the point I was trying perfect. to make you. He's perfect, and he has a great run at that in this movie. Uh, Kathy Bates is hilarious, too. I forgot she was in this fucking movie, but I love her character, too. Here, she's great. The unsinkable uh, Molly Brown. Yes. Um, and of course, Leo and Cage and everyone else is just tremendous here. And yeah, I mean, this is got your typical camera cheese in it, but it, this movie's just done so well and it's just perfect. And I, I forgot too, like how parts of the second half of this movie just feel like a downright horror movie at times. They're so like, good. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so scary when like the, the ship's sinking and Kate, Kate Winslet's like down there alone searching for Jack. Dude, the, the like, little moment when it just, she's in the hallway, it gets dark and all yeah. you hear is the groaning of the ship. It's like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, it turns into a straight up horror movie at that point. And it's done tremendously well. So, I mean, yeah, this movie is just, like, again, I have memories of watching this in the theaters when I was a kid, having to sit in the front row because there was no assigned seating and cranking my neck, but loving this movie. I remember buying the VHS and, of course, being a chonker and eating two VHS yep. tapes. My parents still have that at their house. No reason for it. Just because, just you know, why are you going to throw it away at this point? <laughs> for sure. And that was literally the last time I watched this movie. It was on VHS at some point back in the day. Um, and I hadn't seen it since, so it, I, I'd guess at least 23 years since I had seen it, at least. Um, so yeah, revisiting this, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, for sure. It's a masterpiece. It deserves to be up there. Um, and yeah, I just, I adore this movie. Good, good. Oh, it just makes me so happy to hear that because you, you know me. I've been on that Titanic train for a little bit now. I just, oh my god, I fucking love this movie. I love, there's something about the fact that James Cameron just knows what the four quadrant wants. Like, it just makes me so happy because like, hell, even with Avatar 2, you see that this man just knows what the four quadrant wants. This is what the girls are going to like. This is what the boys are going to like. This this is what the what the fathers are gonna like. This is what the mothers are gonna like. The, the, the entire family is gonna come here. We're gonna watch some Kate Winslet nip, and we're gonna have a good time, okay? And it's like, how does this man constantly do this? How is he so good at the four quadrant movie? But yeah, like, I, there's nothing more I could say about Titanic. It just makes me happy that you you now you you see now, especially with how dire Hollywood is with ideas sometimes that to go back to this movie and it fucks this hard. It's just like it's so nice to see that this movie is still good. I was about to say it's good to have hope again, but let's be honest this. The fact that you have to go back to 97 to find a movie that's ambitious as this and like you're not really finding that many after this that are that have the same ambition in them that is yeah, a little pressing, but it's okay. At least it's still a good movie you can enjoy. Right? 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 Right. 
Oh, how fucking depressing. Anyways, yeah, I love Titanic. I love this movie, and uh, even just talking about this, it makes me want to watch it again, which now, you know how I've said, I I don't really want to force myself to watch a movie. You know what I'm kind of itching for? There's no chance I actually pull it off today, no matter how much I'd like to say I would. Um, I'm, I kind of want to watch the original Terminator. I keep telling myself that I want to show my wife it, and I just never gotten around to it, so... I kind of want to do that. Like, I saw both of them were on HBO Max. And, you know, the good thing is, is that, like, there is no 4K for uh, Terminator 1. You know, a shame, of course. But James Cameron's looking at James Cameron. Um, But also, you know, the 4K for uh, Terminator 2 is scuffed. So it's not even, might as well not even be in 4K. So it does make me happy to know that if I watch it on streaming, like, am I really going to buy a Blu-ray when those two movies are obviously going to get 4K cuts that are good at some point? And eh, it's not really going to bother me. So yeah, I need to keep that in mind. Someone yell at me. I, I'll do it. I, I'll do it. I just need reminders because, you know, dude, this this fucking Zelda right now. OK, like it, it's really grabbing a hold of me. So like uh, if I can if I can live like it's the 90s and watch, you know, Terminator 2 while playing Link to the Past, you know, I think that's a good fucking time, you know? Tune in on the next episode to see if he does it or not. Probably not. Probably not. I, I, I'd love to, but, you know, like... Uh, uh, Link to the Past, man. It's been over my fucking, uh, fucking brain for, like, the longest amount of time. Like, he's like, I love Zelda. And it's like, I have no 2D credentials whatsoever with that series. Like, I, I need to get that sword off of me now. Especially now that I've gone through the... I've beaten all the 3D Zelda games. Even fucking Skyward Sword. So... You know, it's like I've exhausted all options at this point. If I want another hit, I need to go to 2D. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Titanic, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good fucking cinema right there, okay? Yeah, five out of five for me. Mm, okay, I guess, man, this is going to be a really muted ending because, like, I, this, the last topic is Sense8. Like, I don't... Sense8 is not good. Okay, again, let's just get that out of the way. Sense8 is not good. I don't know if Season 2 is good or not, though. Because, like, that that, that could be a different thing. Because, like, look, if a show is... Okay, the first season of Sense8, like, it's, it's not good. It's weird. I don't... Is it weirdly acted? I think it might be weirdly directed... And I don't even mean, like, the way that it's shot. I feel like the actual direction given to the actors is a little bit weird. The dialogue is very Wachowski, which is, like, occasionally it has good moments. Other moments, it's like, oh, okay. But, like, all the actors really sell it hard. So, like, it's not too bad. Like, Like, the actors will say, like, some really hammy lines, but... They believe it with so much sincerity that it gets away with it. But then there are other times where it's just like, I can't really tell if, you know, this is good or not. I don't, I don't really know, man. Anyways, it's not a good show, but like season two. Okay, so actually, hold on. I took notes for this because when I was editing the last episode, it's such a big thing that I forgot to mention that pisses me off. Anyways. The premise of Sense8 is that there are eight people all across the world of, like, just different backgrounds who can kind of 
mind meld with each other. They could communicate. They could mentally project themselves into like whatever the other person's location is. Um, just to bring it up, just like this is this is important. Okay, we have a transgender girl from San Francisco. We have a German guy. We have a white Chicago cop. Oh wait, sorry. The German. I should probably mention their. Um, I guess their backstory too. So let's start over. There is a transgender girl from San Francisco who is a hacker. Uh, there is a German guy who is like basically a, a family criminal. Like this man, like he's in a family crime syndicate. It's passed down from family to family. There is a Chicago white cop. There is a gay Mexican kind of B-movie action star um, who's in the closet. There is an African guy who uh, has a mother with cancer and he drives a bus for money. Uh, there is an Indian woman that uh, works in the medical field. There is a, a South Korean Asian woman that runs a huge uh business um and then oh that's the i forgot they recasted the african guy so i was like wait a minute that's the same guy why is he here again uh how many is that one two three four five six seven who is the last one oh and then there is a uh finland girl i think that um she is a dj Anyways, as you can see, this show is all across the world. Why are they all speaking English? This is this bothers me so fucking much because it brings me back to Assassin's Creed 3. Connor in Assassin's Creed 3 is such a monotone, boring character, and anytime you get him to speak his native language, you can actually hear him and his voice being able to act. There are so many characters in the main cast that, like, so the African dude, he breaks through. He, he, he avoids it. This man is, like, so generally excited and jovial whenever he's speaking that it does not bother me that he's not speaking his native language. You, you get away with it. The Asian woman, someone help her, please. I, as she sounds very monotone. She honestly kind of reminds me of the English voice actor for Jin from Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like she set like she's very good at martial arts. Like this woman can kick ass. So like the fact that she sounds like I am very staid in my emotions. It's like ah, come on, please give me something. Um, the Norwegian girl, like she can kind of like the, this is not too far in English, so that's fine. Um, the Mexican gay guy, uh, he gets through it. I think it's just because, like, he speaks a little bit more with an accent. It's like, okay, this is fine. Like, this is something that my ears are used to. But, like, it bothers me so much, especially because, like, okay, fine. They're all speaking English. That's fine. I will just tell myself that they're all speaking English because we're watching the show from their point of view. So, like, they later on established that, like, if someone knows something and you're sensed aided or whatever the fuck it's called, if you're connected to someone else, whatever knowledge they have, you have. So, by the way, the, again, like I mentioned in the last episode, they have really cool editing moments. Like, for example, the African guy uh, had his uh, 
had his mother's cancer medicine stolen. So he went to go and just be like, hey, give me that medicine back. They were about to kick his ass, but then the Korean woman jumped into his body. So they had really cool edits where sometimes the African guy is the one who's doing the, the fighting. And then, like, you'll sometimes see the Korean woman, like, in Africa fighting. Like, it's really fucking cool. Like, okay, I get it. We're, we're in their point of view. And then there are other times where they try to explain why they're speaking English. And, like, the, the logic that they give is stupider. I don't even remember what it was. All I know is, I'm like, you ruined my the way I explained this. You ruined the way I explained this, and now it makes less sense. Anyways, that, that fucking bothers me from, like, an actual in-universe thing and an acting thing. The other thing I forgot to mention... You know how I said that, you know, there's an African guy and he's doing the fighting and then occasionally they throw in the Korean woman to fight. It is actually kind of comedic how expensive this show is because like I'm watching all this and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, all right. And I think at like the end of the first episode that I watched, like I got to the end of it and it was like, thank you to all of these things. You know, they had the usual thank yous at the end of the credits and they were thanking like every single fucking nation. And I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me that Sense8 had the budget to actually go across the entire world and film in all these places? You're telling me you actually went to Germany. You're telling me you actually went to Norway. You're telling me you actually went to Africa. You're telling me you went to South Korea. You're telling me that you went to Mexico. You're telling me that you went to India. What? Why is this show so fucking expensive? Why would I, I get it. it? It looks better, but like, oh my god, dude! It and then think about the fact that how the show is the show is constantly moving characters from location to location, so you have a cast of characters that are just getting launched from one end of the earth to another for like single scenes. I know that, like, you know, when you're scheduling out a show, you're just gonna do all the batch, you know, scenes while you hit while you're in location, but. Jesus Christ, how expensive is this show? Hold on. Oh, my fucking God. Hold on. I I brought up the Wikipedia, okay? I, I brought it up. I don't remember why. I, I had it for information in the background. Production locations. Holy shit. Okay, okay. Let's run this down. Berlin, Chicago, London, Mexico City, Mumbai, Kenya, Iceland, San Francisco, Seoul, R uh, I was about to say arm Amsterdam, Scotland, England, Los Angeles, Malta, Italy, California Redwoods. Sub they actually filmed in Sao Paulo. There was an epi there wasn't even an episode in Sao Paulo. It was like 10 or 15 minutes. Paris, uh, Italy again, Belgium. Jesus Christ, what the fuck, man? This show is so expensive. How the hell did Lana and Lily Wachowski just, like, convince them of all this? Oh, my God. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to make sure that I touched on the expensive nature of this show, the language thing. The other thing as well. Uh, Lalo from, from Better Call Saul showed up in season two, and I was like, hey, look at him. He doesn't. He he's still somewhat menacing, even though he looks like a happy-go-lucky man. I I like him. I like seeing him. Anyways, I guess moving on from there. Uh, so Sensei, um, again, season one bad. Season two, 
the biggest strength of season one was whenever you had the characters interact with each other the the actual like eight cast characters anytime that they would deal with any of their own bullshit it's like eh, i don't know man this isn't as good but like whenever the eight main characters would interact with each other, it's like, oh, oh yeah, uh, this is now they're fucking cooking. Like there's just so much good chemistry between those eight characters that I could have just been dealing with them the entire time. Um, but season one feels like it wastes so much time explaining all of their backstories and they rarely get to interact except when they're like, oh, the fish out of the water. I don't understand what's going on. Woo! Uh, but then season two b- understands its strength and decides that like these characters interact with each other like every fucking episode and it really starts cooking from there. There's an entire plot line about the again like the, the sense eight. You know the, the the show is called Sense Eight. Ignore the letter eight. The uh, Sense Eight. Don't that I know the number. Just Sense Eight. That that's what they're called. The Sense Eight. The, the the people who can connect to each other's brain god damn it it's so hard to describe this without like body language or writing but anyways these people that can connect to each other like this are being hunted down that's like the plot of the show but i don't really care because all the logic explained about them is like eh, whatever who cares we don't really need that much explanation for it the whole point of the show is the character interactions which again the fact that it's just a whole bunch of people from a bunch of different backgrounds was giving me such lost vibes and that was honestly preparing propelling me through a lot of it because the i mean dude they this is some fun character writing i don't really think the dialogue is that good but you know it was fun to be with these characters. Um, so season one, 12 episodes. Season two, I, I didn't know this. It makes sense now. Uh, the first episode of season two was like two hours. I'm seeing here that the first episode of season two was released December 23rd, 2016. But the rest of the season didn't come out till May 5th, 2017. So, uh, if I remember this correctly, season two, the show gets canceled and people successfully bullied uh, Netflix into giving them a finale, which is why the series ended June 8th, 2018, with one more episode. Now, I could, I honestly, I don't want to talk about the plot. I, I already brought up what the whole driving force is, but the more fun is seeing how these characters interact with each other, how all of their different skills end up being useful at some point. And it's just fun to see them body swap. Like, it's just fun to be like, Oh no, there's a car. What are we going to do? And then the African guy who drives for a living is like, Oh, don't worry. I got this. And one is like, Oh no, there's someone having a medical issue. And then the Indian medicine woman is like, ah, don't worry. I know how to do this. And like, she fucking coughs into like a rag and then, rubs it in some dirt and she's like don't worry i just cured cancer right now let's run it on you um i just like those little things because it reminds me of like the best of um heist movies where everyone has their own like little specialized thing that they do it's that except they all share one body it's fucking cool uh anyways the last episode it's an ending it gives you an ending but Man, it is a show that you know that they di- they did not have the proper time to wrap up everything that they've got because by the time the show is over, this shit wraps up so cleanly. 
Like, it's like, okay, well, yeah, you guys knew that you had one episode left and you guys took two and a half hours to make an entire final movie for it, which, you know what? Respectable. I, I, I can't blame you because you were very efficient with your time to wrap up everything. Sure, it's a little bit cleanly, but that's the situation. Um, so I can't judge it too harshly. Um, but yeah, like Sense8, I, I can't give it a recommendation. If you like the Wachowskis, like, you know what you're getting into here. Again, the Wachowskis just wear their heart on their sleeve the entire time with this show. And that's kind of what I dig about it because it feels like their writing of just wearing their heart on their sleeve translates into the actors themselves, which translates into the characters because all of the characters and all the actors totally feel like they want to be here. They even have like footage at the end of like the final episode of like behind the scenes and all of the actors just look so overjoyed to be working on there. Even the cast and crew just look like they're so happy to be there. And it bleeds into the show, honestly. Like, it's just nice to see that all of these characters love being around each other, and so do the actors. So, yeah, Sense8. I in a never never in a million years would I ever sign off on this show. I would have to know who you are specifically to see if this is something worth recommending to you. But yeah, as a general recommendation, no, I I can't do that. I can't do that. So yeah, anything that you would like to say about Sensate? Nope, just not for me. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, understandable. Like oh, I, no, you no. no, no, something that makes you hot happy? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, I'm out, I'm out there. That's that's just enough for me. <laughs> okay. All right. So that is it. Are, are we done? I think that is the end of the episode. Below two hours. End card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show. A big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.